I met Riley in the MTC and she has become an incredible lifelong friend. She shares in this episode her feelings with having two kids under two. She explains the work of balancing being a mom and a full-time teacher. Then she talks about her conversion story and what it's like watching her loved ones step away. What is life like with two kids under two? Oh my, I truly think it's perfect. Like I loved being pregnant. I'm one of those girls who are like, I would be pregnant time and time after again. I love it. But then having my kids, I'm like, oh, it's just so good. And it's busy. I like have splash marks of bath time on me. And it's like my hair is never done, but my kids look cute. But it's like my heart's never been more full. Like I just, oh, being a mom is, it's, I tell Ricky, I'm like, I wish you could be a mom. Like being a dad isn't this cool. I promise it's not. Like being a mom is what it's all about. So like what what does give you joy on the day to day? What makes it so like worthwhile? It's helped me understand Heavenly Father, how he feels about us. So that's been cool. I'm like, oh, I'm sure mother in heaven is like, no, don't give them that trial. That, that's gonna hurt them. And I'm sure like it's helped me understand like from a mom perspective, like how is mother in heaven handling like us going through trials? Like there's a mom aspect of it that I, my eyes have just been completely opened spiritual joy and like my own conversion it's been like oh no they actually are loving parents just hearing her like say bubbles i'm like why is that cute why is that funny watching her fold her arms or learning how to run i mean it's like she literally will stop and smell the flowers she'll stop and smell dandelions and i'm like oh you're a good reminder of what it truly is about i couldn't and i wouldn't be who i am if i didn't have these two littles Do you ever find yourself stuck in their little world feeling trapped or do you always enjoy being in their slow paced small little world? I truly enjoy it. I think I have been frustrated once like to a point where I'm like I'm gonna walk away so I don't actually raise my voice once. I think it's because I've wanted to be a mom so bad that growing up I was like what if I can't have kids? It would scare me to death and then Like when Ricky and I were like, okay, should we start a family? I fought so hard for it. I'm like, no, right now. And then I'm like, he's like, okay, fine. Then we have one. I'm like six months later. Hey, by the way, (laughs) let's do that again. (laughs) So it's like, I just fought so hard for them to get here. Like having them here, I just like every single day, I just can't, I won't take for granted. And so like, I'm not a perfect parent by any means, but The slow pace has helped me be like, you know what, we're going to miss out on a lunch date with my mom because we have a nap time. It's just been nice to slow down because I've never had a slow paced life. So it's been nice. Is that just the way that you are so joyful in parenting or do you just find joy pretty easily through other aspects of your life? I think both. It's been so easy to be a mom because I've wanted it. But then my mom was really like happy-go-lucky So I think like I had a good role model of how to find the joy in things. But also Ricky is such a good balance. For example, Olive last night just dumped a whole bottle of water on the floor. And I was like, what is that noise? And then I was like, oh, it's on the ground. And he's like, at least it's water. (laughs) And it's like, I find comic relief with him. I don't feel like I'm doing it alone. And when I do feel like, oh man, that was a hard thing or whatever, there's someone in my corner that's like, oh, but remember the the positive aspect or the funny or, you know, it's not going to last forever kind of a thing. What about parenting is hard? I guess like what's hard is that I don't want to repeat the things that I grew up with that I absolutely did not like. 
and I want to give enough agency to like find yourself but I don't want to be too like do whatever you want and I don't want to be too strict but I don't you know it's just like finding that balance because I want to be so perfect I have this perfect these two perfect kids in front of me and you're looking at me like uh I'm sorry I'm looking at you like you're the perfect one and so it's hard to like match that so do you feel like you ever get mom guilt oh yes oh my gosh yes working is like the hardest thing for me because I just know Heavenly Father is like he's asked me to do very specific things in life and he's not quiet about it and it's so that's nice but it's also not nice because I'm like well I don't want to do all those things that you've asked so when he's like hey Riley be a teacher and a mom I'm like I just want to be a mom and and like even like very point blank in my patriarchal blessing is like you're gonna help kids like inside the church, outside the church. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I know in my heart I'm supposed to be teaching and raising kids and it tears me apart. Every time I go back to work after maternity leave, I bry my eyes out at night like I shouldn't do this. I should not be working. I should be at home. I just know that there's another part of me. Like I, I'm not just a mom. The faster I get to work, the faster I come home, the faster I can be with my kids. So as a mom, when you're like lying in bed at night, going like, I wish I had more time to give to my kids. What do you tell yourself that makes you feel better about, even though I only had this much time, I'm a good mom? So I have journals for my kids that I write in, like if I have a thought about them, um, I write it in their journal. I also do video journals. And so the days that I'm like, I got maybe an hour of seeing Olive and I, she has tons of videos of me with a bun and like I am looking so tired. I'm like, these are the things that I wish I could have done with you today, but this is what my day looked like and I love you and I, this is what I thought about. So I guess it's more of just like a self-soothing, like I'm going to write to you and I'm going to talk to you while you're in bed growing. And so it's, I just try to make it up, you know, something that she'll maybe enjoy after when I have to go to work when she's older. That's a cute idea. Where did you think of that? Um, okay, so my video idea came from the movie P.S. I Love You when he knew he was going to die and then he did all those videos and I was like, oh, that only happens in the movies. And then I'm like, but why? Like, when you know better, you do better, so I'm gonna make videos. <laughs> and then the journals, I saw one at Hip and Humble and it was like, um, notes for my kids and it was $20 and Ricky was like, um, no, I'll buy you a journal for five. And I'm like, okay, works for me. <laughs> so I'm a knockoff idea actually from Hip and Humble. What has been different about having two kids so close together than you expected? It's so much easier than I thought. And I think because Olive was, she is the definition of a colicky baby. I couldn't figure out what it was. Like I would feed her, nothing. Change a bum, nothing. Walk around, no, I mean, and then I'd have to make that round like twice and then she'd finally be like, oh, all right, maybe I'll take a nap. She never wanted to sleep. She was a learning curve. Like I just didn't know what to expect. And, and my postpartum, with her was so different. Like I was like way more emotional. I felt like, I don't know, it was just like this whirlwind and all I could do was just hold her. So I was just like, oh no. But then I knew, I just knew I had to have the second one. And before I even, Ricky and I were um, maybe dating, engaged, definitely not married. But I was like, oh, we were gonna get married. And I was like, we have two kids really close together. And he was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, no, I just, I know it. Like, I feel it. I don't know. And then 
I was at like a different job before I was a teacher and I heard something and I turned around and it was like for two seconds I saw a boy and a girl and I was like <gasps> and then I got like goosebumps everywhere and I called Ricky I'm like no it's for sure it's a girl and a boy and they're close together so then when I had Olive I just knew I was supposed to have this boy super close together and Ricky was can attest to this I was like it's a boy and he's like all right whatever I was a boy having sets in it felt so much easier having him close because I knew Olive needed him and I knew that he needed her. They had to be that close. Growing up, I knew I was going to have a boy, so it was nice to have him there. So it was just like having these two under two close together and Stetson is the easiest baby in the world. He's completely like easy. <laughs> so my postpartum has been a lot easier as well. Like I just feel lucky and like I don't feel this way about every part of my life, but parenting, I just, I genuinely do. I just feel like it is the one of the best things that I've ever done, ever had happen. Such a blessing. Like, I like it, even in the struggle. I mean, it's not going to last forever. This house isn't going to be dirty forever. Even on those days where I have to take a deep breath, at least they're here. Like, that's, I just, that's always what I tell myself. At least they're here. I would prefer screaming and crying in my arms versus not having them. It's all right. Everything is going to be okay. How has your marriage been affected by your kids? The first night we brought Olive home, I was like, I felt like the worst mom in the world because I was like, who is this stranger in our house? And and then he called her love and he called me love. And I was like, no, you can't call her that. Like, I am. And it was like this weird, I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I'm not like jealous. I was scared of losing my husband in that like I, I was afraid he wasn't going to be a husband anymore he was just going to be a dad a dad and a daughter relationship is so different than a mom and a daughter like she is my best friend but to Ricky she is his world like it's just different and, and now it's ironed out and it's fine but like we had to work really hard on like dating again and it was it was really weird like I wouldn't say it was hard but it was so weird because I'm like you're still you but now you're a dad like it, I don't know I just saw him in such a different light I'm sure he saw me in a different light did you do anything in particular to like really enforce dating we just did a lot of at-home dates like when she would go to bed then I was like we bought a game and it was like a get to know your best friend game and I'm a Starbucks lover, have been, always will be. It's my I'm sorry, Heavenly Father sin. And so I'm like, one of the questions was, what's your Starbucks order? And he was like, oh, well, it depends on the date. And I was like, oh, you do love me. You do know. And so it was just like this stupid get to know your best friend game that I got at a work party. And it was like, so it was just like little things like that. It wasn't like we went out once a week. We didn't. Um, it was basically just like, talk to me tell me I'm cute, tell me you see me. It wasn't anything significant. I remember in the MTC hearing your story of just how you truly became converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was a touching story. And so I would love if you could just share kind of your process of growing up in the church, but maybe not being converted yet. And then what led you to really just latch on to the gospel? Oh, I love it. It true. Okay, so here's the thing. I, my family, my mom and dad are converts. And so we kind of 
as a missionary, I can see we let a we kind of let a convert life. You know, you go out on Sundays, and um, after church you go out, or or you don't go to church, or you know, and um, rules weren't necessarily like gospel guided. It was just like get home, text me if you're going to be late. Like I never had a curfew. Like I loved when I went to church. I loved the feeling, and so. I would always ask my my like mom and dad, can we say our family prayers? And like everyone would like, yes, but Riley don't Riley can't say them because she'll pray about the grass growing, and I would just pray about everything. And so we would have family prayer, but I couldn't say it because everyone like hated how long I prayed. <laughs> and so I was like, whatever. So I've always just kind of like been drawn spiritually um, to the gospel, and and we went to different churches growing up. Like, my dad comes from a polygamous clan, so we would go to that church sometimes. My mom's family is Catholic, so we'd go to that one sometimes. But I was baptized at eight, so we went to church. When I was in high school, I was booty short wearing, crop top, like, I swore. And, I mean, I never did drugs, never drank, but I hung out with those kids. I don't know, I never, ever, ever planned on serving a mission. I was at lunch one day with my mom in Provo, which we never go to, and um, I was like, she's like, what is your plan? My heart just like stopped, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, and then I started to cry, and she was like, what is wrong? And I was like, I'm, I'm gonna go on a mission. And she was like, is that just because we're in Provo? I was like, no, it's not just because we're <laughs> in Provo. I was like, Wait, wait. And I was like so confused. I was so confused. And I was like, so I just text my bishop and I was like, you have to open my mission portal right now or I'm not going. And he was like, okay. So we opened it up and then we had the missionary interview. But then I was so sad. I was like devastated. Like why in the world do I have to go on a mission? Like one, I don't have anything that goes past my knees like are you kidding me I don't I think you called the wrong girl but I knew it and so then I went to the temple and I was just crying my eyes out and I was like this is the dumbest thing I've ever thought of in my life but it's true I mean anybody who's felt the spirit you know and you can't deny that and so it's like you can talk yourself out of it but you can't deny when you feel something that's come from God you know it. And so I'm like, my mom was like, you don't have to go on a mission. I'm like, no, but I do because God said it. And who am I to say no to God? And then I was like, all right, I'll just think about like cute dresses and like whatever. And then I got called and I was like, oh my gosh, like Rancawa Chili. Like I had no idea how to say it, like said it completely wrong. I like did Duolingo and I was like 2% proficient in Spanish. And then I get to the MTC and everyone's like talking about God and Jesus. And I was like, wait, they're different? What are, like, I was so confused. I'm like, okay, hold on. And then I remember, and you might remember, we were in a big, huge room in the MTC and everyone's talking about the celestial room. And I was like, okay, this is gonna be the dumbest question known to man, but I have to ask it. And so I raised my hand and I was like, how do you get there? And everyone like turned around and I'm like, no, really guys, like that sounds really cool. I wanna go so bad. <laughs> and so then everybody's like, wow, like, we have a real convert here. Okay, so it was, like, missionary lesson. Like, I was the everybody's first mission lesson. <laughs> and But I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, wait, that's not that hard to get in. Like, okay, I can do those things. But then on my mission, I had to learn 
I think that's why I went Spanish speaking one is because clearly I talk so much in English that Heavenly Father was like, shut up. And so I think that's why I went Spanish speaking. And so I would have to read about it. And then it finally like, it started to hit like, oh, I get it. So, so God and Heavenly Father, those are synonyms. I got it. Savior, Jesus Christ, synonyms. And then I had to form a relationship with God because I was praying this whole time before my mission, I was praying to Jesus. I just was like, I don't know, like God just created the world. But I knew that Jesus like was for me. I knew that he died for me. I knew like, I just, I loved him from being small. So I always in my heart was praying to Jesus, even though I would say, dear Heavenly Father. And then, so on my mission, I had to get to know Heavenly Father. And that was weird because I was like, I'm out here preaching about you, but I don't know you. As I was getting converted on my mission, I was just getting more and more excited about sharing it. So it was like, as I was teaching, I was learning. And then I was like, wait, no, this is really true. And then I get so excited, like you guys, we have it. We have the truth. It just completely twisted my whole world around in the best way. And so then when I came home, I was like, no, you guys, this is so great. Like you guys, when you got baptized, it was, it really was the, the right choice. So yeah, it was just this huge conversion on my mission. And, and even still now, I mean, obviously I'm, I think I've said Heavenly Father a hundred times, but I mean, that's how I talk in my daily life. I think my coworkers, none of them are LDS. And I think by now they're like, they think they know who Heavenly Father is too. So that's good. Since I've known the gospel genuinely from my heart, it is my whole life. Like I, I just feel it It's and it's right for me. It's very apparent that the gospel is just woven into who you are. So how does that make you feel or how does it affect you when people around you start to turn away from it? It truly breaks my heart because it makes me so happy. So what I've had to do, one of my, well, okay, two of my sisters, but the one I'm talking about, her and I had this plan. We were just going to be Relief Society presidents in our different wards. We were just going to like, we were going to do it together. And, and then when I went on my mission, she completely changed the plan. And I was so mad. And I was like, what, like, what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to do this with? I just was so, please come back, please, please, please begging. And she finally was like, Riley, it doesn't make me happy. I'm like, but why? But why? That means you're doing something wrong. Like, I was just like, if you do it right, you'll be happy. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, oh, you don't. Oh, okay. So that's it. It was just like when, like that picture when, when Jesus has the sheep, he's not kicking and screaming. The sheep was happy to be found. He wasn't like, put me down. I liked being alone. He wasn't like that picture doesn't show a sheep freaking out. It shows a, see, a sheep who was saved and she didn't want to be. So I was like, well, that's the weirdest thing in the world. Why don't, but I had to like, it took four months truly like of me just every single night being like, help me understand that. Help me understand that. Like I want my sister to be happy and there's no way that she's happy without the gospel. But Heavenly Father has like opened my tiny little mind to be like, no, Riley, she's happy the way that she wants to be she is she was so gracious with me i i did not handle every situation with grace and i was very extreme and i 
I like have apologized a thousand times. I'm like, I will never do that again. So she was, she was very patient with me as I was trying to show her how much I cared. And I had to pray to know, not even to be patient with her. That's not who I was supposed to be patient with. It was just understanding she doesn't want it. And that's what's going to make her happy. And that's it. I'm in charge of me and my family, my husband, kids, that, that's it. And even when it comes down to it, it's only me. Like that's the only person I'm in charge of spiritually. So like once I accepted that, it was like, oh, well that's easier. I don't have to like force anybody back. That's not how Jesus wants it. He wants them to come unto me. He, he doesn't like, he doesn't force it. Like get here now, he doesn't say that. Come, go ahead, just come on. And so when I took a savior approach of it, not that I'm like, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm, I'm her saving grace. Like, that's not it. I'm just like, when I'm trying to be truly like the savior, then put her down, let her go. Like she'll come back if she wants. And to this day, she's in law school right now. And she's like, Hey, I, I need you to say a prayer. Like you, you know, yours work too, but I'll, I'll say it, you know? So it's like, she knows that she can come if she wants me to pray for her or when she's scared she's like hey go ahead and send me a, a hymn a upbeat one so it's like I have become a place where she can trust me spiritually at least it was my sister who I got to have that experience with because she was very very gracious with me so when my friend started to leave I was like I, ha I already went through that hard thing so I was like oh it's okay like oh yeah you're you're gonna figure it out your way and oh you too oh and you too. And it's come down to, I don't have a single friend besides you. You are my, so please don't go anywhere. And then, <laughs> and then one, Hermano Betancourt, who's in Colombia. Yeah, she's my other one. That I'm like, my two who I can like talk openly about the gospel, who are people who are living the gospel the way that I think. I think Heavenly Father wants us to live it. I mean, just, I have two. That's it. And, and it has made me feel so lonely, besides sad for them, because I genuinely think it's just great. But it just has made me feel lonely. And it, it's not that I, I'm not their friend anymore. And it's not that I don't love my sister anymore. It's just, I don't know. There's just a loneliness that comes with being the only person who is practicing anything. I'm in the young women's and I have a lot to say about that and I, I never want to overshare, like make them feel like I'm preaching or, so it's just, it's kind of eliminated because it's such a big part of my life. It's kind of eliminated a lot of conversation that, cause I want to respect them and their boundaries, but I don't want to give up mine and I don't want to give up talking about things that I enjoy. So when I'm saying something that's so important and they're not hearing me, it hurts my heart. I'm like, oh, like you've kind of just checked out. And so it makes me feel like like insecure or embarrassed that I'm like, oh, like sorry, I'm still talking about something that you clearly like, I'm not interesting to you anymore. So it just kind of makes me feel like, oh, sorry. God has been too good to me for me to ever be like, oh, but it's hard for me. Like, uh, yeah, you think it's hard for you? Remember the guy who it was really hard for? I just respect God too much to like to leave something that he gave me, like this great gift. I just can't and I won't. Life is going to be alone in the church and that's genuinely okay with me because at the end of the day, when I can feel my Heavenly Father be so proud of me for 
accomplishing little tiny things. I mean, I have this responsibility to get Olive and Stetson back to their Heavenly Father. Let's say these people who have left, they want to come back. If I treated them any different, like, oh, well now I'm not going to talk to you because you're a inactive or you smoke weed so I'm just gonna hang out not with you if they decided to come back I'm like oh my gosh now do you want to hang out they'd be like you are a jerk like you didn't like me when I was smoking weed but now you like me when I'm taking the sacrament it's been nice to be like oh we're gonna be nice no matter what we're going to love you no matter what choice your Olive and Stetson are so lucky to have you as a mom. You have made me want to be a better mom and just enjoy these phases that for me are really difficult, but they won't last forever. I love your conversion story and how beautiful the gospel is in your eyes. Your love for God is contagious and inspiring. And thank you for helping me know how to react or not react to my friends and family that choose to step away from the church. You've reminded us what this podcast is all about, where we love each other regardless of our choices. 